I'm your host, Nicholas Ballard, and this is the podcast, Can I Talk Now? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to kick season two off with a cool cat from North Carolina. I played football with him upstate New York. This guy I'm about to bring you on, he's seen it all. He's been through it all. I would like to welcome you, Mr. Marcus Brooks. What's up, Marcus? Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? What's up? Hey, what's up, hey, man? Hey, man, it's great to be on your show, man. I really appreciate you reaching out. Thanks. I want to give back to the community. I just want to give a platform to people to just talk, to just share their story, their journey. And that's what I'm just doing. I'm just calling my friends. Great, man. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, you're reaching out to me to be a part of your show, man. I really uh, respect it and uh, heard your previous um, podcast. Man, I love what you're doing. And you, my friend, um, we, we went to college upstate New York. Cayuga Community College. I think it's like 30, 45 minutes from Syracuse in between Syracuse and Cortland. Right. Um, but you, your story, your story is different. You, where did you grow up? I grew up in upstate New York, you know, all okay. Yeah, sure did. But um, my dad was in the military. So, mm-hmm. you know, he had orders to move here and there. But the last place that we had moved was uh, North Carolina. So, and uh, he also retired from the military. Did 26 oh, nice. years with the Marine Corps. Oh, wow. Nice. You didn't want to follow his footsteps? Well, well, he, well, he told me never to go in the military. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad told you never go in the military. Yeah, man. <laughs> I hope he had a good reason why. But, you know, long story short, military or not, where I'm at in my life, man, I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we've been through a lot, seen a lot, been mm-hmm. here, done that. And uh, it's just a blessing to still be here on Earth, man. Mm-hmm. You played college football and upstate New York, if no one's familiar with, there's this small town called Auburn, New York. Majority of the football players went to Auburn, New York to play football. We're all African-American. And this was a predominantly all-white city or town, whatever you want to call it. I want to know what kind of things you face growing up as an African-American living in Auburn, New York. Oh, I lost them. We're going to call them back. We're going to call them back. Something happened. See, that's that's why I can't do. That's why I need to do in-person interviews. He's calling back. Marcus, we lost you. We lost you, Marcus. You trying to you trying to derail, nah, you trying to derail this, this episode. Come on now. You must got that cricket phone. You must got that cricket phone. You know, I'm out here in the country in North Carolina. Yeah, so. country bumpkin landline. <laughs> I'm sorry um, about that, man. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. Um, it, it makes good for the show. Yeah. Um, like I was saying, growing up in Auburn. Yeah. Did you did you feel, um, any racism or any type of profiling growing up in upstate new york you know what i'm saying and and honestly no matter where you go um yeah you, you know being an african-american male and um you always gonna look that funny the group of kids that i grew up with man mm-hmm. was from all different races from italians to to um you know blacks the puerto ricans to you know the the spanish community the ukrainian community the polish community and i can honestly say man the great group of friends that i had told me nothing but love man um mm-hmm. did i did i see it yeah man you know i've seen it um just like you can see it 
down south, just like you can see it in Cali, you know, just, but at the same time, um, I hung around a great group of friends who mm-hmm. displayed nothing but love to no matter what race you were, no matter, no matter what, you know, gender you were, no matter, you know, your upbringing, mm-hmm. poor or rich, that didn't despair our love for each other. Not one bit, man. Mm-hmm. What was your upbringing like? Did you have brothers, sisters? Yeah, yeah, I had brothers and sisters. Um, my upbringing was rough, man. You know, um, my family was uh, from Syracuse, New York, to Rochester, to New York, to mm-hmm. Lyons, New York, to, you know, around that whole mm-hmm. upstate area. And I'm not going to say, you know, we lived the lifestyles of adventure fame because I was never fed with a silver spoon, man. You know, we had a tough upbringing. And, um, and you know, salute to my mom, you know what I'm saying, who, uh, who got us through it. And salute to my dad, you know, who uh, brought us through this journey of life that growing up was your dad in the picture since he was in the military or he wasn't um he actually is my stepdad but by any means necessary Mm -hmm. he is my dad because he took in us my brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters just like it was theirs to where you know my mom was single for i mean a while but at the same time she Mm -hmm. held us down and um, salute your mom i gotta salute her for that man yeah, man. Definitely. Um, I remember one one Christmas, we got presents in a paper mm. bag. You know how some kids yep. get presents wrapped? Yep. <laughs> and, and and we got ours in just strictly like grocery mm. bag, paper and you got bag. I, and and, Here and you probably go. got IOUs. IOUs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, it, it, shout out to the, the but, single uh, moms making it happen, man. They're, they're the real heroes, you know? Yeah. I can't, you know, um, these parents out here that's doing this single mm-hmm. parents, man, you don't understand the rough, you know, rough atmosphere they have to live mm-hmm. in, you know, from people pointing fingers, from um, people saying they doing this wrong, doing that wrong. Mm-hmm. Let them live their life. You know what I'm saying? They're doing what they can to provide yep. for their family. means you know necessary. So growing means. up and then transitioning yeah. to going Auburn Community College. And, and like I said, that's that's where I met you. I met you yeah. at Auburn. And, right. and like I said in the intro, everyone of color went to Auburn. And I feel like the football program was great, but I feel like the town or the city didn't like the football players. Yeah, we definitely got shafted, man. Um, it was so much talent coming from all, all likes of the um, United States of America, man. You know, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Our, our base recruiting area was you know new york city and new york Mm -hmm. but at the same time we have recruits coming from every state in in america and um i felt like we got shafted due to the fact that um you know there was some type of a way of them wanting us not there because of Mm -hmm. the fact of there was black athletes coming in there was you know more black faces they'd never seen so you know they 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 try to handle it gracefully but I, I disavow that, you know, it wasn't done to what they told us while we couldn't at, play at football. The, at the end of the day, they clipped the football program. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, they clipped it due to, I mean, I feel in my heart just due to that, you know, the the amount of African-Americans that was coming to the city. But, you know, I got nothing but love for, for that area. You know what I'm saying? I just lived there, like I said, but, you know, it was just the program got a bad name, a bad rap for no reason to which... We were kids, man. You know, kids make mistakes. But at the same time, we were there for a reason. And that was for unity. 
that was for um, education. That was to play sports and, you know, build, build relationships with people who we still stay in touch to this day. You know what I'm saying? Like me, you, Pac. I can, you know, I, I can name numerous names, man. You know what I'm saying? To where pick up a phone right now and reach out to somebody and we picked up like yep. we and never then left. after that you moved back to North Carolina and started a family and yeah and and you're coaching or teaching Wh- which one is it um I'm actually a president and coaching of a youth football organization how's that going how do you um, like that the youth program being- oh man I love it due to the fact that I'm changing lives we're mm-hmm. changing lives you know what I'm saying it's just not me you know I, I got a great support system mm-hmm. and great people that is surrounded me and the community that, that I am is, you know, great and giving them beloved mm-hmm. back. You're, to, a, uh, you're the head coach, not only the president, but you're the head coach. Of um, this? Yeah. Um, basically I don't think I'm going to be coaching this year in the years previously. I got so much on my plate mm-hmm. right now being president in the years previously I was coaching. Um, you know, uh, I would take, we would take our kids like uh, through tournaments to play nationally, different States, mm-hmm. Now, um, we've done fairly, fairly well, man, to be such a, uh, not a small city, mm-hmm. but a, a city to where it's not looked upon, you know, as a, a predominant football mm-hmm. organization or a football city. Nice. As far as you being a coach, how do you to change the switch from a coach to a parent? Like when you're a coach, do you automatically say, okay, I got to make sure my son's a starter? Like, right. how do you, how do you make sure everything's That's equal? a great question because um, the way I transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way I transition something like that is um, knowing his skill level, knowing what what he's capable of, knowing mm-hmm. if I put him in or take him out, mm-hmm. or somebody gonna be like, "Oh, is he playing daddy ball?" Not one time mm-hmm. in my life have I played daddy ball. You know, I know my son's skill level. I know what he's capable of. I, I see every mm-hmm. kid that is uh, good and some need development, but yeah. you know, um, there comes a point yeah. to where. Do you want to win or do you want to lose? It's not always mm-hmm. about winning or losing, but at the same time, um, I have a competitive heart. You know what I'm saying? And I want nothing but the uh, mm-hmm. the best out there. Now, am I going to develop other kids to be just as good? Oh, yeah. Heck, yeah. But at the same time, when when you're on a national stage and you're in front of national eyes, you want the best of the best on the field. So mm-hmm. um, playing my son um, – I have to, you know why? Because he's just as good as a, you know, any other kid on the team. You yeah. know, I'm not gonna take away uh, anything that can uh, downplay him, mm-hmm. or I don't care what other people say. Um, I yeah. even set my kid, my son, back. Not like like a grade or nothing like that, mm-hmm. but like I don't give him the ball as much, or I don't play him as much, just due to the fact of knowing I'm gonna get some type of criticism. How like do you that. handle parents? who approach you when they say, how come my son's not playing? How come my son's not starting? Um, You know, you got to be honest with him and um, being honest with a person. <laughs> your son be like, um, I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest. Your son sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, I'm more so, you know, uh-huh. I say sit and watch your son in a game, sit and watch your son or daughter uh, in practice. Now is their level of uh, skill level up to this, to this person that has great skills. And, you know, they'll be like, no, but I do want my kid to play. And I'm like, I understand that. We play your kid, but you got to understand that there comes a time mm-hmm. that we still want to win. Now, like I said, it's not all about winning, but mm-hmm. I have a competitive heart, man. And yeah. and one day 
mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna build your kid up to be just as good as that next player. Mm-hmm. But as but as you know a coach, do you really have time to build a kid up if you're concerned with winning? Yeah, I, I, you know what I, I do just to the fact mm-hmm. that I'm not gonna leave a kid behind. Um, I'm not gonna leave a kid in distray or distraught of not knowing what to do. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I may take a couple kids uh, that I see that's having mm-hmm. to um, that's not developed as well yet. I may take a couple, bring them to my house and work with them there. And so they can have another upper edge on the kids that, you know, already have that skill level. Yeah. It's, it's a tough situation dealing with parents. Um, It's tough, man. But at the same time, they got to understand that if it was varsity, if it was JV, would they, would they be playing? No. <laughs> right. You know, you know what I'm saying? They would be sitting at the bench the whole game. Luckily, we, we have it in our heart to play these kids that do need development because they need to experience on the field. They need to experience in life. They need to experience um, uh, just the com- camaraderie of being on a football team. Yeah. As a coach and a parent, what's one of the toughest things you face as a coach and a parent? Um, Probably the toughest thing I face is knowing that I have kids on the team and I'm getting I have eyes on me um, just because of playing daddy ball you know what I'm saying but at the same time is I don't lose, I don't lose sleep over it just due to the fact that I know um, like I said I know my kids skill levels and if a parent has something to say we're going to talk it out and at the end of the season I guarantee you that same parent is going to come up to me and say wow Thank you for developing my son or daughter. Thank you for uh, just playing. I can see, like like a parent would say, I can see the uh, respect he has now. I can see his skill level was going up. You know, it, it may not it may not be a lot, but I guarantee you, by the end of that season, that kid is going to have more confidence in his heart than before he stepped mm-hmm. on that practice field. You you uh you have any any crazy stories you want to share? Uh, regarding any incidents or funny moments throughout coaching? Yeah, I got a I got a funny story about <laughs> <laughs> one time we was in uh in a huddle, right? And I mm-hmm. I think I had like eight eight year olds and nine year olds, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or seven or eight year olds or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I you know I was calling offense, you know, offensive coordinator and stuff, and I'm in practice. And you know, sometimes I like to kid around with my kids and. Mm-hmm. I was asking these kids, like, what what do they like in school? I had one kid say, this one little boy said, I like this girl boobies. She has nice boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, the kids say the craziest things, man. I promise you, I busted out laughing, man. Her boobies? <laughs> Her boobies. Yeah, I, I was like, um, so what do you like in, you know, tell me your favorite subject or what do you like in school? And mm-hmm. and, like, and like I said, this one kid said, I like this girl boobies. Her boobies are real nice. <laughs> oh my God. If you would have heard the chuckles and laughs, man. Um, as far as your your preparation or discipline, where where do you where do you get your discipline from uh being a coach? You get it from like your mom, your dad, like where does your um I honestly get it from um my previous coaches that coached mm-hmm. me. Um, my, you know, friends that I've worked out with in, in the weight room, um, I get it from, uh, 
that due to the fact that I know what they did to build mm-hmm. me and the way I was built. Now, not every kid is going to be like how yeah. I was, but I can I can get you to that mentality to where you can feel like you can pick up a house or a mountain, man. You know what I'm saying? That's the type mm-hmm. of mentality I was mm-hmm. brought up being coached. And this is the type of mentality that um, I'm, in, I'm instilling in these kids. What's your discipline strategy towards All, these kids? It happens to start the first day of practice. The first day of the season practice, it starts. It starts mentally. It starts with conditioning, but it starts mentally. I, if I can break you mentally, this other team can break you mentally. But as the days go by, I can see progress in these kids from the physical side and the mental side. Man, you know what's hot down here in North Carolina, man. These summers, these summers be 110, 100 all week long. You know what I mean? And for these kids to fight through that type of anguish and, you know, heat and us yelling at them and, you know, running them vigorously and just and just pounding these kids to where to um, make them want to quit. But they show up and show out and they show us they want this. They show us that they um they they want to be on a team. They show us that they want to be a part of something. And the culture that we build in right now is amazing because it's the culture that I was I was a part of. And like I said, I got a great supporting cast and great group of, group of coaches to where we instill in these kids to be great. You know what I'm saying? Not just on the field, but also in school because education is first. We coach student athletes. You know what I mean? Because we, we've been through that um, segment of our life of knowing that if we didn't have the grades, we wouldn't be where we want to be as far as like school-wise where we wanted to go to you know what i'm saying so i've been through that you know I, i've had some of the top colleges in the nation you know when i was playing reach out and and knowing that i couldn't get where i want to due to my grades you know halted my future now was i just a kid going to school for football i can't deny yes <laughs> we all were but at the same uh, yeah meal take it out exactly but at the same time um you know, football is a uh, like you said a meal ticket out, mm-hmm. and that's what I felt like in my heart. I needed to do. I needed to put more focus in football. Mm-hmm. But right now, I'm telling these kids to put more focus focus in school, mm-hmm. and then from school mm-hmm. carry that. What's onto the, the one field. thing that should be taught in school that isn't? Do you believe or feel? Um, honestly, I really feel like more more Black history. Um, I feel like um. Yeah. I agree to that. What else can be taught in school? Like more um, real life situations, you know, not just a cooking class, mm-hmm. but, you know, uh, you know, like more financial, like real life financial problems. Don't just hand these kids a, a three plus three and tell them, say, hey, you know, show them a mm-hmm. real life situation. And and uh, trust me, these kids will get it. If these kids can play uh, code right now, mm-hmm. these kids can figure out what's going on in life. You know what I'm saying? They're doing all these coding mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. They know how to play TikTok. They know how to make all these YouTube and, and you know, everything else. I guarantee you these mm-hmm. kids can learn and adjust in life if you yeah. teach them. As a coach, you're playing another team. Their score is running up. Do you look back or you keep going for the juggler? Say, for example, the score is like 50-0. Do you, do you think a coach should continue pounding away? Or do you think a coach should just pull back? Uh, uh, honestly, 
at this type of level, mm-hmm. they uh they need to pull back and put in the kids that don't get that much playing mm-hmm. time. I, I I have that type of mind frame to where every kid is going to get get some reps. You know what I'm saying? Now a, a, another kid may get more reps, but at the same time. Like I said, leave no kid behind because that kid also mm-hmm. needs that experience. Because you never know that next year, that same kid could be that one you're like, oh my gosh, you know what I'm saying? So therefore, you got to give them that experience. You got to you got to let mm-hmm. them taste the blood. You got to let them taste the dirt. You got to let them fall on the mm-hmm. ground against an opponent. You got to let them uh, smell smell that football air. You know what I mean? But what do you think about some of these coaches just running the score? Up? It's it's shameful. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's like don't be the dead horse. But at the same time, that coach knows that other team wasn't that good. To to make yourself look good by beating on a, a non, you know, less less of a talented team doesn't say too much about you, coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do that now. Do that against a uh, a team that's stacked up just as good as you. You know what I'm saying? And then talk to me. But if you're going to pounce on a team that is, you know, don't have that skill level and you want to put 50 to 70 points on the board, you know, now now if that other team is like scoring right back at you and, you know, they got probably like 15 or, you know, something like that, I understand. But if it's like 60 to zero, you know what I mean? Go ahead and put your um, your kids that need that development for the next year and so they can get that exposure mm-hmm. so they can what get that experience. Can you give parents who have kids shutting their kids off on playing, uh, letting them know the coach to handle it, the coach to make a decision if your kid is good or not? Like, what advice can you give parents looking or wanting to see their, their child play a sport, but they don't, they don't get any playing time? My best advice for a, a parent who does want their kid to play more but has less talent is just trust the process of the coach. Trust the process of the organization. The, like I said, um, most coaches are not going to leave a kid behind. Coach is going to be there from, for that kid, whether he plays one down or 20 downs. And, and that can be for him or her off the field. Because I get phone calls from kids that I coach. You know, mentoring these kids is what it's all about. You know, mentoring them, knowing that they can reach out to somebody else other than their parents, because sometimes kids don't like to talk to their parents. They like, they like to talk to the coaches. They like, they like to talk to the, you know, their best friend's parents. So they, you know, sleep over on the weekends, you know, you know, um, when it comes to that, I just, you know, when parents just need to understand, we don't get paid for this. You know what I'm saying? This is all volunteer work. Um, the hours that we put in can, you know, we're away from our families. Parents have to understand that we are doing the right thing. We wouldn't put your son in a game to where they have nothing but studs in the game. And boom, what happens? Your, your child gets hurt. You know what I'm saying? That's another reason to where we don't play kids like that as much. Because not, not the fact that we don't want him to play, but he needs to develop how to tackle. Because if you tackle wrong, you know, you can get a, a, a head injury or neck injury, um, if you tackle, you know, if you get hit, you know, your the fear of playing football can be instilled in you if you get hit wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some kids, come, some kids' confidence go down tremendously if um, they get hit hard and, and they're like, they shy away from stuff now, you know, from like 
from practice. They shy away from getting hit, not wanting to do drills, certain drills, not wanting to hit a certain player. You know what I'm saying? So um, if we put a, a, a player up against another player, best believe 90% of the time, that player is going to have that same level of skill as the other players. So we both, mm-hmm. so they both get work. So they both mm-hmm. can understand that's what's going on. Safety first. That's, safety first. Yeah, that's what I was looking for right there. Safety, safety first. first. Yep. What is the biggest change you made in your life in the last year, especially with this whole pandemic? Um, I'm going to say my health, you know, getting, getting checkups, uh, eating better. Um, Understanding that, you know, the things you consume can definitely is sometimes detrimental to your health. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I'm not saying I'm the, the, the vegan, you know, you know, uh, guy who, you know, don't drink soda or certain stuff, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm very more aware of what's going on with my body, mind and soul, just due to the fact that when it comes to that, you know, now it's time to prepare yourself because you know we ain't getting no younger you know you got to prepare yourself for the future you know even though you know being healthy costs more kind, i'd rather have like it cost more than it cost me my life all jacked up yeah health 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 is wealth health is wealth oh we we lost marcus again we have lost marcus again you see his service you see, I was just talking, I was just know, talking shit about hey, your service again. I was saying we lost you because of your exactly. shitty service in North well, Carolina. Listen to this. I don't know if you can hear. I hear <laughs> I was in the background right now. I'm, I'm in, I'm in the country right now. They're like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to jump in on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, owls, they're like, <laughs> What's your greatest accomplishment so far? Besides oh, this, what would you say? Um. Honestly, just still being alive, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen so much stuff. I've been, like I said in the beginning, I've been here, been there, done this, done that, seen this, seen mm-hmm. that. And, you know, I've been through hell, mm-hmm. but I also know I'm good right now. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I put myself through it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because you only put yourself through it. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to, you know, be a uh, political body you only put yourself through it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying there were certain things that i knew not to do and do but at the same time i still did it because you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. young young and dumb young and but, dumb yep but when it comes to it those things right there made me who i am today yep all those um, all those learning experiences yeah from from college, college from mm-hmm. high school man we had so much fun in college mm-hmm. man yeah we <laughs> oh did my goodness, <laughs> you know being on a football team living in a co-ed dorm yeah. you know getting getting uh food cooked to, for us mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> i mean it was a, it was a life man especially meeting y'all man yeah. you don't understand you know y'all made a a, a great impression in my life mm-hmm you know what I'm saying? In, in the most positive way. You know what I'm saying? And the other boys on the football team, that was from like Queens, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Staten Island, Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Bronx. You know, mm-hmm. you know we got to shout out all the boroughs because if yeah. not, they're going to be like, yo, why do you say yep. New York, you yep. know, Queens or Brooklyn or something? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. you know, number love to them boys, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I said, we can name a few, but there's so many. 
You know what I'm saying? We, I can name a few, but it's so many. And I, I love y'all boys. If y'all hear me, I mm-hmm. love y'all for real yeah. because we 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 went through some stuff. Yeah, we did. <laughs> you, you know, right? You know, right or wrong, we yeah. went through some stuff, man. Yeah. Like I'm talking about life. Mm-hmm. This is when we fresh out the out the house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we 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 from we away from our parents now. Yep. And not, we got full reign and control of our life. And that's why I said we know what we're doing, in our, you know, when we're supposed to do it in life. Because it's it's the road that we took. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's the road that we took. So the direction of our lives is what we made it, man. Yep. But Auburn, you know, uh, you know, number of love for that town, city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, I got I got childhood friends there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So what is the most valuable life lesson you learned from your parents? To believe in God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? To know that there is a God. You know what I'm saying? To to know that, you know, trusting in him is is nothing but, you know, the way to go. And, you know, sometimes when you are not where you want to be, it's for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, it's only for a season. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's only for a season, but it's happening for a reason. And when that reason is happening, you you got to adjust. You got you got to stand up. You got to be that stand up guy. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. that stand up person to where it's like this ain't gonna beat me down. You know what I'm saying? This this ain't gonna be that time in my life to where I'm gonna give up. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's been times in you know some people see me smiling. Some people see me so so joyful or just happy you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but man i've been down before you know i'm i'm real i'm human mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying i've been down 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 mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. that was uh, that was for a season mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that yeah. was just for a season because you know pray when you pray when you pray when you pray when you pray i promise you it's only gonna be for a season mm. yes Yes, brother Marcus. Yes, brother. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I know you mean. You know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Keep God first. You know, it's in what you want you to believe. Mm -hmm. If if you feel like that tree outside is gonna make you have a better day, I am gonna. I am not gonna knock you for believing in that tree that's gonna make you have a better day. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Marcus Brooks. Marcus, thank you so much for coming on sharing your story yeah. i greatly appreciate it man touching base with you thank you so much marcus uh for this time uh, you know it. Be, be safe congratulations on your beautiful daughter congratulations on your your youth organizations being the president and and more best things coming to you i appreciate you i appreciate this platform i appreciate you know just people believing in me and um you know what I'm saying? I, I thank everybody, and that's all I got. Mm, thank you, brother Marcus. You know what? Yo, thank you, man. Anytime, nothing but love. You, you already know. Phone call away. Phone thank call you, bro. Away. I'll speak to you later, man. All right. Peace. Peace. Later. Later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Marcus Brooks. If you want to know more information or what he's been up to, uh, look down the link below. You'll see his Instagram, his Facebook. Remember, every Wednesday, every Wednesday, tune in every Wednesday, new episode right here on Buzzsprout. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you so much. Make sure you share, like, do all that fun stuff. Next Wednesday, we got a new episode.
Later.